0: And an issue for all women. Hello, Hannah here. Because Friday is International Women's Day, we're doing things a bit differently this week. We've got six podcasts for you, covering the arts, science, sport and history, with one being released every day up until Saturday. We talk to writer Lisa Holdsworth about her new play, about the troubled life of playwright Andrea Dunbar. We chat to comedian Angela Barnes about women in history. We host a round table with the Royal Society of Chemistry... We talk a hundred years of women in the police with author and former police officer, Jennifer Reese. We talk to Carla Williams Mm -hmm. about her production company, Ms. Mono. And we talk to Jill Scott, Manchester City and England midfielder, about the forthcoming Women's World Cup, among other things. So loads to enjoy there. If you've got time, you should listen to them all. But before that, here's a bit more about the episode you found yourself listening to now.
1: Hello, Jen here. Just to give you a quick introduction to today's International Women's Day special. In this episode, Hannah and I had the pleasure of chatting to Carla Williams, co-founder of Ms Mono Productions, a production company championing the female lead, or female-focused productions. We chatted to Carla about what inspired the production company, the work she's doing on improving representation across gender and race in film and TV, and female-focused work that she's been watching on The Box. I hope you enjoy. Hello. We are joined by Carla Williams, co founder of Ms. Mono, a female led production company. Hello, Carla. Hello. How thanks. are you? I'm very well, thank you. And you? Yeah, good, thanks. Got a lovely sparkly jumper on it. Thanks. Be jealous. I should also add, also here is. May. That's Hannah,
0: (laughs) in case you didn't
1: figure it out. So Carla, can you tell us a bit more about
2: Maswano? what it is, how it came about and why you considered there was a need for it? Definitely so it came about I guess because of the work that I was creating as a screenwriter so I'd previously worked with Rebecca Coley who's a director on a short film called Pretty Bitch back in 2012 and then we were working together on a friend's music video in 2017 we were just having conversations about the kind of work that we like and I think I just said oh we should set up a production company so we kept thinking about it and we realized we both like female-centered stories and really complex women not side characters like Mm. actual stories that around women and highlight all facets of what women are and can be so we just kept thinking we should do this right so yeah then we agreed let's set up a production company
1: you're committed to producing female fronted work so by that from what you're saying it's not just the people actually working on the projects it's no. actually the roles themselves yeah
2: so it's actually the stories so female centered stories or stories that are about female issues
1: and what about roles that aren't necessarily about you know not about women being a specific way just where women just happen to be the main character
2: definitely so we would class that as a female-centered story so Mm -hmm. if it's a story about Jackie and Jackie's life and the things that she's doing it's Jackie's story as opposed to a man's story and then Jackie's the side character we don't have specific ideas of what a female-centered story is but we're Mm. just trying to create more work where it's the woman is the center
0: of the story Are there any other production companies doing this at the moment?
2: There's one that I found on Twitter. They're also based in London, and we've had a little Twitter exchange that I know of. I think there might be one in the States, which is Rashida Jones's, called Chicken and Egg. And Merman, which is um, Sharon Sharon Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. She tends to create work about women in general, but I don't know if they're classed as a female-centred production company. But there's, there's not a lot of them, no.
0: Can I ask you what your background?
2: I've been writing for 15 years or so, but I've also had jobs in a variety of industries. I worked for an organisation now called Triforce Collective, and they're kind of also a production company making BAME work. I'm also working on a theatre project for a company called New Slang Productions. So the project's called Race Today. So in the 70s, there were these periodicals that were created that commented on race in the 1970s. So as writers... have to go through them find one that we're really inspired by and then create a piece based upon that so I'm also currently working on that as well at the moment so it's a combination of Ms Mono as well as the work I'm also doing as a writer. Where do you find the time? Mm. I don't find it that difficult I think it's because I really love what I do and I've done other jobs before and I'm really happy that I'm finally doing something that I really really want to do and it's making a change so to speak as well you know the central goal of Ms Mono
1: is to increase female representation in the film and Mm. tv industry but you're also partnered with a variety of organizations that are promoting the representation of people of color within Mm. the industry
2: is that another sort of central theme to your work definitely because I think people of color are also women so it's this idea of creating work that's intersectional so it's not a particular female story but we try to represent women across race and across backgrounds so even our title Ms Mono comes From that. And so the goal is to be able to represent a cross section of women rather than particular groups of women.
1: Can you tell us a bit more about the sort of state of play at the moment in terms of representation of people of colour in film and TV and how that's improving and
2: and how you're hoping to sort of drive change? I mean, I think it's great what's happening so far. There was never films like Black Panther when I was growing up. There wasn't programmes like Chewing Gum on TV when I was growing up either. So I think it's brilliant, but I still think we've got a long way to go. I think we need to see more. BAME people and women in roles of executives, more women and BAME people directing, commissioners, running TV channels, financiers, the people that fund films. Mm. I think when we have more representation there, because I think we're talking about diversity a lot, but I think there's a lot of talk, but I think there needs to be a bit more action as well. We're doing really well and things are moving
0: forward, but I definitely still think there's a way to go, definitely. I think when you look at things like Black Panther, that's a real, if you build it, they will come moment Mm. because Mm. that's not just about, I mean, it is about representation. Mm. But if you remove that from it... A lot of the decisions about Black Panther were made on cold, hard cash. That, right. has, mm. that has been successful. Mm. That has made money. Exactly. I think the thing about Black Panther is it feels like it, it was approving proving a point that people yeah. have been making for a really, really long time. Long time. Yeah. <laughs>
2: and it's the same with Wonder Woman. So it's this idea of if you put women to front films or non-white people to lead a film, people won't come. And that's just not true. Like there's definitely 100% an audience for the work. Which films like Black Panther and Wonder Woman proved, and also shows like Chewing Gum, people really enjoyed Chewing Gum and it had a massive audience. So this idea of it's a risk is not true in our day and age, mm. and people like Netflix are also proving that as well.
0: Oh, I mean Netflix. We were we were talking about Netflix the other day because I was talking about Russian Doll, which is like mm. female-led, but also it it's just got a wide-ranging cast. Mm. It's got. African Americans in it it's got Asian Americans in it mm. it's got lesbians in it it's got all sorts and exactly and all of them are roles that could have been played by white people mm. I don't think any of them are intrinsically exactly though written but so just cast different people for, yeah for different roles basically
2: I think representation is really important because also I really love stories that involve, say, black people, but aren't about being black. Yeah. Because you don't wake up every morning and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm black. How am I going to navigate life? You just get yeah, up and you live yeah. your life. And I think more stories like that, and I definitely try to create stories like that, just about people who happen to be black and women or yeah. gay, like, just people. It's not about being black no. or
1: about being a woman. It's just about having a story. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And just
2: telling that person's story. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think that's when we'll see, you know, real progress is when we start to see those kind of storylines. And Definitely. I agree, like, there they just aren't enough of them at the moment.
0: Mm. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And it does seem positive, because I can remember a couple of years ago, we were, our film reviewer is a woman of colour, and she was saying you know that although two three years ago things were getting better she was like we need to get away from slaves we need yeah. every narrative not to be about <laughs> slavery yeah and her wish came true really yeah. in the last couple of years definitely
2: so, yeah crime is another thing that really irritates me and that you either grew up on a council estate or you've got you're somewhere connected to crime Those are also stories I see quite a lot of, especially with black male leads. Mm. And I'm just a bit like, yeah, I'm kind of done. Like, I don't I don't know what else we can say about that. Like, we've seen so many Mm. stories about it. Have you seen Crazy Head with Susan Wakoma? I didn't get to see Crazy Head, no. It was on E4,
1: wasn't it? It was on yeah. E4, yeah. but I believe, or it certainly was on Netflix for a while. Okay. Um, I don't know if it still is. Obviously, Susan McConaughey is the lead, mm. or one of the leads in it, and Susan McConaughey is a woman of colour. And in the show, I loved it because it's a bit like Buffy the Vampire okay. Slayer, which is mm-hmm. what I grew up on. Mm. Her brother in the show, it's Rinze Kene, who's mm-hmm. this very, very attractive young yeah, man. He's cool. mm-hmm. and then he's cool. And he's just like quite dull. And nice. <laughs> and, and it actually, you're like, oh, fuck. Like, he's just quite dull and yeah. and nice. Yeah. He's not playing like a drug dealer no, or yeah. or a terrorist
2: or mm. whatever. And I thought that was like, a really inspired bit of yeah, casting. Definitely. And I think there should just be more roles like that. As I said, when people are just people.
1: Are there any sort of things that you've been watching recently where you've seen really interesting female
2: characters in film or TV? Mm. Flack. So I went to a preview screening and I watched episode one. So it's a new show coming out on W and it's four lead women. So it's kind of set in a PR agency. So flax are the people who prevent scandals coming into the newspaper, essentially. Mm-hmm. And normally the way they do that is by giving the newspaper a bigger scandal than the one they're about to publish. Um, so I've seen episode one. And Rinzai is also in that and he's really good in that too. And it's... Really, really good. So there's four women in the PR agency. So there's one who's a lead, played by Anna Paquin, and she's quite an interesting character. She's quite complex. So she's kind of in a relationship with Arinze. They're trying to get pregnant, but she's also on the pill because she doesn't really want to get pregnant. And then she's sleeping with her client at the same time. But her clients a really terrible person who's also just cheated on his wife, and that's a scandal that's kind of coming out. Then there's her boss, which is played by Sophie Okonedu who's just hilarious. She's just Really, really funny. And then there are two other women. It's just a really nice to see a wide range of different types of women. Yeah. Or they're not simple characters, they're quite complex women. And also it's really funny as well at the same time. So yeah, I'd say Flack is the last thing that I saw. Is yeah. that a British... Show. Yeah, I think it's a British and Americans. So I think it's a British production company but I suspect there's some American money mm-hmm. and also I know it's been screened in America as well as the UK Okay. and I think it's coming out on W soon because I saw an advert for it today on Twitter so it should be coming out soon okay. and that's really really good I definitely recommend that to watch <laughs> I'm currently watching The Good Place Mm-hmm. which I, I quite like i think it's funny but not a ha ha laugh out loud funny but mm-hmm. i quite like the premise this woman who's not a great person trying to stay in the good place rather than going to the bad place orange is the new black i love the women in orange is the new black yeah. you're yeah. a big fan of that aren't you hannah yeah i really love yeah, that well,
0: what i like about orange is the new black in a sort of generalized way mm. is about the, the variety of different shapes and sizes of bodies mm. you see because like obviously prison Drama, right? Quite often you see him in the shower or, you know, in various stages mm. of undress. And it's not often you see cellulite or, you know, fifty year old tits yeah. or whatever on television. <laughs> and it just it's just normalized by the fact that Yes, there are attractive Young, fit, pert Mm. bodies there. But that's, of course, not what the world looks like, or not what everybody looks like. So I think it's done a really good job of. I don't want to say body image, because it's not even pushed in that way. It's just like, this is what I look like Mm. when I take my clothes off. And, Mm. you know, not all women look like athletes or supermodels (laughs) when they take their kit off, which is. Most women don't. (laughs) um, Yeah, a pretty good point. They head on tackle racism, but they also have racism sort of bubbling away in the background. So I think they do those really really well
1: Hey there people of London and the surrounding areas anyone who's been paying attention will know that we've moved to a new London venue, King's Place, and a super venue it is too We'll be back there on April the 18th with Jane Flippin' Horrocks and Helen Lederer. And again on May the 19th when we'll be chatting to she of Best Newcomer Nomination at last year's Edinburgh Fringe, Cindy V, and the legendary Catherine Tate. Am I bothered though? Actually yes, yes I am. More info and indeed tickets can be found at sarahmillican.co.uk forward slash standard hyphen issue.
0: I think as well, and you can tell me whether you agree or you don't agree. I think uh, reviewers bear a lot of responsibility for the way that women are at sort of television programs are mm. because I think there's really commonly with a lot of actually not just reviewers but you know with the general public to actually belittle things that are female led television programs and mm. say oh they're really cheesy or they're really silly or they're really sentimental. Call the Midwife is a great example of okay. this. I actually watched Call the Midwife because my mom this weekend because my mum was at my house and mm-hmm. she loves it. And it talks about some pretty hardcore yeah. stuff. I mean, a death by a backstreet abortion mm, a couple okay. of weeks ago. They tackle some pretty tough issues mm. that women deal with. And yet it is constantly ridiculed as being like easy Sunday watching television. Okay. And it's actually not like that at all. So I do think that the viewer and the, the reviewer mm. both bear a responsibility to actually take women's mm. drama seriously or mm. women's comedy seriously mm. and not have it like it's, a, oh, look, that's just there for representation purposes mm. rather than actually there's a lot of thought, effort. and And sometimes it's saying things quite profound, mm. I think. I mean, I
1: don't really watch
0: call the midwife well, but I, well I don't generally yeah call. no I know <laughs> you, your,
1: your, your mum Mary's yeah. a big fan isn't she because um, we've talked about this before but it seems to me it's kind of like I don't know how I feel about this expression but sort of feminism by stealth yes it is which is good if these are sort of ideas or themes or whatever that maybe people aren't that comfortable with yeah. do you know what I mean
0: that's an enormous audience even yeah. if it just appeals to women say over the age of 60 that's mm. a huge audience mm. and they deserve to be served by television and by stories as much. Because in truth, actually, they probably watch television in a much more Mm. conventional style.
2: And I think it's also, for me, like a cross-section of stories about women. Like, it doesn't have to be the same type of story. I think I watched the first series of Call the Midwife and a friend was also recently in it. So Charlene Monique, who's a member of the Kingdom Choir. So they played a part in a couple of episodes. Mm -hmm. I think it does tackle issues as well. And I think it tackles it in a way that it has to, bearing in mind it's one at eight o'clock. And I definitely think, there's audiences for that as well, and it doesn't always have to be hard hitting.
0: Well, they have a Windrush character in it now, mm, which yeah, they enables them to really, yeah, tackle that mm. sort of issue head on. And again, historically, yeah, that's
1: absolutely right. Like that yeah. should be represented because exactly. that is historically accurate. Yeah, yeah. there's
2: definitely of. also a movement for more female reviewers. Definitely, like I know, Stylist had a thing. I think it was last year, so they were actively seeking more female and women of colour reviewers and now they've got a whole section there called Under Her Eye and a lot of the reviewers now are review films but they're female reviewers and also um, is it Brie Larson who's in Captain Marvel yeah she was also saying that she's realises a lot of the people that keep coming to the press junkets all kind of look the same. Mm. And she wants to increase representation for this film as well. So there's definitely also a call for critics to become more diverse oh, as well. I think journalism I, yeah. in general, yeah.
0: I mean mm. I definitely agree. We talked about this when we were at the Hay Festival. Mm. I was like it's the single biggest bar to mm. advancement of women on television is all male reviewers mm. because they just don't follow or they don't choose so right. much. And again, talk about by stealth. I mean, if you look at what Charlie Brooker's done Mm -hmm. for women Mm -hmm. on television, by stealth, by putting it out, it very much goes out under the Charlie Brooker brand. But a huge percentage of Mm -hmm. his lead roles are played by women. A huge percentage of his lead roles are played Mm -hmm. by men of colour. And a mm. fair percentage are played by women of colour. Right. And you're like, that's equality by stealth. It's yeah. brought in as it's part of a b- bigger brand because mm-hmm. it's a anthology television. You know, it doesn't have a star. So it's mm. a different person every week. Mm.
1: So you're female led and you've committed to having 50% of women across your production. Mm-hmm. So I guess that means within the actual production. Yeah. As well as, you know, On starring. Yeah. And why not... Go the whole hog. Why only fifty percent?
2: Because there are some really talented men that we'd also love to work with, and I guess for us it's about equality. And because I think across the industry women are underrepresented, so we feel fifty percent is an equal representation of men and women. So we're seeking to get that with the productions that we create. Because we'd always tell a female-centered story, mm-hmm. but there may also be male characters as part of yeah. her story at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some great male directors. Designers, DOPs that we would love to work with. I
1: mean, it's better than someone found that 4% of the directors of the highest-grossing films Mm. ever were women. Exactly. And then their commitment was they want the studios to announce one female-led project in 18 months or something. That's not a huge leap forward, is it?
0: No, not in the slightest.
1: And if that's the benchmark, you kind of feel like, yeah we're yeah. in real trouble so 50% <laughs> sounds pretty good to me
0: but but also you get the same thing that you know when we were talking to Sally Wainwright mm. and I was like from what I noticed from reviewing TV I think it's better and she said it's superficially better in as much as she was like there's still not a prime time drama mm. e- in this country ever led by a woman of colour never that's crazy isn't it some, like we've been said with Netflix, mm. I, th- I think Channel 4 is, or E4 certainly, better mm-hmm. than other. Because Channels, actually, yeah. we were talking about Crazy Head. Mm. Crazy Head's written by the same guy that wrote Misfits. Yeah. And of the, mm. the five lead characters in that, two of them were of colour. Mm. Okay. So, I mean, that's that's a reasonably good percentage. Two of them were women. So, you know, that's, mm. uh, that's not bad. And I think Channel 4 does a better job of that. Hello, Mickey here. Sorry to interrupt your listening pleasure, but I just thought, as you're having such pleasure listening, you might be up for
1: helping us out in making more content that champions women. That's easy to do. You can just bob along to our Patreon page, www.patreon.com forward slash standard issue. And any spare bunch you might have found in your pocket down the back of the sofa, feel free to chuck it to us. Much obliged. Can you tell us a bit more about any projects you're currently working on? You're, I know you're making something with comedian Tanya Moore
2: called Celibate, yeah? It is But the title is going to change. So um, it's changing a lot at the moment. So it's a six part comedy series, 30 minutes each which is inspired by my own personal experience of being celibate and then dating a guy who really loved sex. So the two central characters are actually have switched agendas. So it's a woman who really loves sex, and she kind of meets this guy who's recently become a Christian and a celibate. And it was previously kind of followed their journey. So we had six kind of readings last end of last year. We got a really good response from audiences. Um, and the plan at the time was to film the first episode and release it online as a web series. But because we got quite a good response and we got some interest from a few channels, we're now actually pursuing to get the whole thing commissioned for TV. Oh, excellent. So I'm currently working on Rewrite of the Script and then we're going to start meeting with production companies. That's the plan.
0: I mean, getting funding is difficult. Is that getting easier or is it even harder when you're talking about women-fronted stuff? We
2: tried a crowdfunder campaign to get the web series funded and that did really badly we raised like two percent and i think i didn't realize until i started the crowdfunder how much work is required for a crowdfunder so a friend said that she successfully ran one and raised 20k but she said she was working like 14 hours a day on the crowdfunder Mm -hmm. and i didn't realize it took that much commitment before we launched it and i just i didn't have i couldn't commit 14 hours a day to it so so far trying to get a commission for tv it's more about right now the script and getting the script as tight as it can be So the plan is we would like a co-production to work with a bigger, more established production company. Um, And we'd be kind of the smaller production company. That's what ideally we would like. So far, there aren't any massive hurdles with regards to the fact that it's female-fronted but we'll see. And the focus, as I said, right now is just making sure the script is as tight as it can be. You have to put a lot of work into the script. So you can have a great idea, but lots of people have great ideas. You need to be able to demonstrate that you can execute those great ideas really well.
0: I mean, obviously, there's a fine line between people giving you advice or Mm. making requesting changes, which are Practical makes stuff less expensive. Mm. How do you hang on to the core of what is yours and is written?
2: So I think it's important to first of all to work with the right people. Mm. So the script editor that I have, hundred percent gets the idea, hundred percent gets me loves the work that I've made previously and really wants to help this project be the best that it can be very rarely we entirely disagree on stuff so when she makes a point I'll be like actually you're right about that we need to add jeopardy for example there's no real jeopardy in this episode I think it's really important for me to stay true to what I want to create instead of ending up creating something for someone else
0: can (laughs) I ask you about writing about yourself Mm -hmm. obviously a celibate is about your experience Mm. is that something that you feel comfortable doing has that been a a, I mean I know they say right about what you know Mm. because I hadn't
2: really spoken about being celibate before to people who didn't already know me or were close friends and then when we had the readings um, and obviously the crowdfunder, we had to generate sort of publicity for the crowdfunder. So I ended up doing a couple of radio interviews and talking about being celibate on the radio. And the first time I did it, I was quite nervous. So it was for, um, yeah, loose women podcasts I did it for. And they were great. They were really, they made me feel really, really comfortable. It was a really easy conversation. But the first time I did, I was a bit like, oh, my gosh, what's everyone going to think? And then the response was just completely opposite to what I thought I'd be- it was going to be and ended up being really supportive. And during the two, three months we were working on the crowdfunder, doing all the readings. I don't know, people were just a lot more supportive than I anticipated them to be. And a lot more people got it and a lot more people I actually had a few people praising me for it as well. So it was, like, it was fine. I guess I'm just trying to also as a person own who I am a bit more because I spent a long time wishing I was somebody else. Or wishing I had characteristics that other people had or friends had or people on TV had. But I'm really trying the age I am now to just try and own who I am. And this is kind of part of it. And also owning the work that I'm creating as well. And also it's actually quite easy because you don't have to do a great deal of research. (laughs) (laughs) You just remember what happened in a conversation. And also it's a starting point. So Olivia, she's kind of partly inspired by the guy that I was dating They're not the same person, clearly. So um, they have things in common, but it's kind of where I start. And then I have to put the work in to actually develop Olivia into a rounded character. Equally, the guy, he's called Jackson. So we have the fact that obviously we're Christian in common. But that's, again, where we start. But it does help that I kind of understand how he thinks, because it's how I think. So it, it can be quite handy, actually. And it makes it a little bit easier when developing a character. Carla, where can we find out more about Ms. Mono? So you can go to our website, which is Ms Mono, which is M-S-M-O-N-O dot com. And all our social medias are on there too. We're on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Um, but yeah, our website's the best place to go to find out about us. And what's your Twitter handle? So my personal Twitter handle is SheWritesOn. And my name's Carla with a K Williams. And the Ms Mono Twitter handle is Ms, or Ms, M-S-M-O-N-O, prod. So Ms Mono, prod. Thank you so much
1: for
0: joining us. Thank no you. problem. Hi, Hannah here. Just so as you know, we've got a load of great interviews coming your way in the coming weeks and months. Jen met the brilliant Jessica Hines to chat about her new film, The Fight. And all three of us went to the set of HBO's Gentleman Jack, I Shit You Not, and grabbed some time with its creator and director, Sally Wainwright. If you want to make sure you don't miss out on any of these chats with brilliant women, please subscribe, either on Acast or iTunes.
2: at issue for all women.